One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome to the NXT Dubai oh. Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT Dubai oh. oh, the great American bear. <laughs> but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT Dubai oh, but also more that raw, Friday Night Smackdown, and... Baby, as well as pay-per-use premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. We're we'll having a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by a pamphlet uh, to review the Great American Bash. Sid, you only want to talk about AEW today. I'm sorry. Uh, what did you make of last night's show? What did I make of the Great American Bash? Oh, wait a second. And God bless... United States. Okay, now we've got that out of the way. I thought this was a mostly very watchable episode of NXT 2.0. You'll note that I was careful not to either praise or criticise it because we can dole it out in equal measure, I think. There was some pretty good wrestling. There was some pretty lousy wrestling. Um, But it was low, wasn't it, on the NXT nonsense? Yeah. With it being one of these kind of like TV... I know takeover is a dirty word now in NXT 2.0 lore, but TV takeover specials, whatever they are, uh, they have to keep some of the nonsense to a minimum. Well, I'm saying all that, and yet one of our favourite segments collectively, I can't wait for us to dive into, Yeah, another one you've had to transcribe word for word, mm-hmm. and like, I'll segue back to you. What did you make of how the Great American Bash opened? Uh, <laughs> it's very in keeping with 2.0, I'll say that. Was the pool tire cack? I think it was just <laughs> meant to signify he's getting, he's getting hard cack, looking That's... at the women playing... What volleyball in the pool? There is colleagues as well. Like he goes to work every day, and it's. Uh, did you watch uh, the show last night? No, no, I. Oh, no reason. Good. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I did. I watched the show. Well, what was the problem? Well, Briggs Jensen got a massive hard on when you were going in the pool. <laughs> oh, Briggs, you mucky. He controlled time and slowed it down. So when you're. Jumped, you jumped out of the pool yeah. and everything was bouncing around. He got a really good look at it. He could watch. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, it's one Boris Johnson's going to be in job next week. <laughs> uh, no great loss, the other one, let's be honest. Got him. We can, we can but dream, I suppose. I Hang on, I'll just double check. Oh, the Tories are still terrible. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, uh, like, all of it, like, they'll just be Briggs Jensen, but then the rest of the NXT people on Ross will just resign. <laughs> like, I kind of support this man. 
Boris Johnson would fit in as a After character in two point oh. oh yeah, completely. Like sort of this, imbecile. This imbecile politician who's only out for like himself yeah. as a heel. Like IRS, but bumbling. And NXT would be love love being like and uh, here he is, uh, here he is with his wife. That wasn't his wife from last week. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Changes every week. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we had a weird vignette opening the show. Poolside Barbie, yeah. uh, hosted by Boris Johnson and and <laughs> Fallon Henley, uh-huh. um, with her big man hands, I believe was a line used by yeah, that was, later on in the show. That was a moment, wasn't it? From okay. Pre- yes, boy. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, Great American Bash and Independence Day and mm. pool stuff and what have you. Um, and everyone awkwardly crowbarring into conversations. Hey, how do you think this match is going to go? <laughs> Just having to do these scripted in-character bits. It's like, you know when they're at the NXT... T- right. I, I don't think this is uncommon, right? We love our jobs, yeah? Yes. Absolutely love them. And yet, on the rare occasions where we all get together for drinks or for staff nights out, it's not necessarily like top of the agenda to no. talk about work. And I think that is commonplace in most work social events, isn't it? Social functions where you all get together, you're all sat around the table in the pub having a pint, whatever. And yes, of course, there's going to be work talk because the reason you all know each other in this pub is because you all work together. So yeah. it's natural that there's going to be a little bit of ebb and flow with work talk. But if anything, the magic really happens when you get off work subjects onto other stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about your other friends, family, share a few stories, share a few laughs, all this kind of thing. The sort of stuff that isn't necessarily always like can fit into a working day, can fit into a night out. Mm-hmm. Not if you're an NXT 2.0 wrestler. <laughs> you get to that barbecue, you get to that July 4th pool party, and all you can talk about is the great American bash. Like, God forbid anybody else trying to wedge a bit of conversation. Nathan Frazier, you would think, tried to get in a bit of football punditry the way he was talking. Yeah. But no, even that was about wrestling. Oh, I think it was a bit out of order. Like, I also like the fact that I went, I saw some friends I hadn't seen in months, if not years, mm-hmm. over the weekend. And we had, a, we had brought a table, and there was beer pong being played. At no point during beer pong or flippy cup, I'd like to point out, did anyone turn around to me and say, "Who do you think is going to get their win between Tiffany Stratton and Wendy Chu?" <laughs> so I feel a bit sorry for Ikem and Jira at the start of this show. I feel about sorry for your friends not bringing that up in the crack. Yeah, exactly. It's what they've missed. Who? Uh, where are you into? How many people are you out with? Uh, there's about nine of us in total. Where would you rank yourself in terms of flippy cup players? I'd say I was in the top top third. I am not remotely surprised about that. I've, I've never seen you play Flippy Cup, but we have done beer pong together. And you were one of the only people I know that could fool a room into thinking that beer pong is good for more than five minutes. <laughs> because that's the big lie about beer pong, isn't it? Like you see beer pong in a film or in a TV show or even across a busy bar where it's going on with another group. And all your mind remembers is the cool moment, isn't it? Where like somebody nails a shot from out of nowhere or somebody nails the winning shot. Yes. Or somebody's like had to neck a, a full drink or something like that or whatever it is. Just a real dramatic beer pong moment in the game. 15 minutes deep <laughs> with only one cup to, uh, to aim for and a very, very dirty ping pong ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The crowd is dispersed and there's only like a couple of people there. One sidekick has tried to remain enthusiastic. Come on, you can do it. And they're just looking... Like they've just worked an Iron Man match or something like yeah. that. I was I'm doing some stuff like that for a, a stag do that I'm organising in a few weeks, mm. and they were like, "You can do an extra hour on top of the hour you're already doing for this amount of money." And I was like, "I think everyone will be kind of done by that." <laughs> I've been there exactly. Uh, so anyway, back to uh, 2.0. Duke Hudson uh, floats with some girls who do not respond well. Mm. He enters the pool and Sanger quotes Anchorman <laughs> and cannonballs into him in the pool. Uh, and they're splashing each other, and Boris Johnson is pouring all the lighter fluid 
on the barbecue because he's distracted by probably more women. Yeah. And then the grill explodes and the show <laughs> as the show opens. So I'd forgotten about uh, Sanger's uh, cannonball <laughs> and indeed the delivery of his cannonball line. Worth going out out your way to see this. I would I would recommend this show if for nothing more than the opening vignette because it was just that reminder. It was a bit like that time that um, uh, Toxic Attraction were teeing up one of these specials. Yes. By like talking about who's the hardest on the roster. It's that reminder. We've done a preview and we always forget to do this. We'll like preview the matches. We'll be like, well, look, it's, like it's five, six matches. It's going to make up the whole card. We always forget that now they insist on one of these introductory vignettes where it's like, hey, the rest of these losers on the show hang out and talk about nothing but the show. They're great. <laughs> Uh, and it opened with the women's tag team titles. Speaking of toxic attraction, mm-hmm. Gigi Dolin uh, and JC Jane defending against Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. Mandy Rhodes was, was there with them at ringside, which we'll get into it a little bit later on. Uh, early on, babyfaces take control, uh, but then in comes Gigi Dolin, hits some knees, hits some kicks, takes a swing at uh, Roxy, and then Cora fights back, and uh, Roxy comes in off the back of that. That uh, She sets Gigi up, Cora... Goes to come in, but the refs missed it. Toxic Attraction using classic heel tactics here. They grab Roxanne Perez. They choke her against the ropes. Um, there's a double down in there somewhere. Uh, Jade, Cora Jade gets the tag, comes in, runs wild, gets a near fall. Um, there's double team moves from Perez and Jade because they're best mates. Uh, then there was a moment where, I can't remember which one of Toxic Attraction, they nailed with a double super kick. They've got the, the match and the titles won, but Mandy Rose, who, as I mentioned earlier, was at ringside, pulls the referee out. It's not a DQ, no. but she is getting, she does get ejected from She's ringside. She's giving the big, you're out of here, yeah. Uh, the challengers get another near fall. They sort of trade falls then between uh, them and uh, Dolene and Jane. They attempt to hit a double team on Perez. Uh, Cora Jade dives in to, to break it all up and knock one of them out of the ring. And then Perez hits that Pop Rocks finisher, the Code Red finisher of hers, on Gigi Dolene. One, two, three. Perez and Jade are the new tag team champions. Yeah, uh, I thought this was mostly rubbish. Structurally, it was... Set up the kind of match that like works really well on paper and exactly the match you would book, I think. Um, the so the most of the match in the build up to Mandy Rose getting kicked out only really existed for Mandy Rose to get kicked out, if that makes sense. Yeah, you run a couple of interference teases, a couple of dummies to remind you of the strategic advantage that Toxic Attraction have got over the plucky baby faces who just want to do it the old fashioned and fair way until she gets kicked out. And then what you do is as soon as she's gone, you get to the finish pretty quickly because it highlights that the babyfaces could have done this all along if it was a fair fight. So on paper, I, I completely get it and I support it. In practice, this was just a badly worked tag match, unfortunately. And it did quite a lot to undermine the moment they were going for at the end, which was Team 2001. Uh, and like like if you're mine and Wilborn's age, deal with that as a team. <laughs> team 2001, celebrating their victory at the end as this sort of finally we have stopped the tyranny of toxic attraction we talked on the preview yesterday about if toxic attraction could outlast uh the bloodline you know or whoever and they can't obviously they've lost now but that was how this was supposed to be sold we have stopped them finally we've been able to divide them up we've beaten them as soon as we had a fair fight we've done it but bad execution can spoil absolutely anything and the finish in particular here when sakura jade was supposed it was jc jane she mm-hmm. pot rocks wasn't it she was supposed to basically just bulldoze Gigi Dolin out of the ring in order to clear the road for Roxanne Perez to get the win. The fairly easy, fairly quick win, job done. But they made such a hash of the way they stumbled through and then eventually out of the ring that your mind was on that 
and then it couldn't really absorb that the finish was happening, nor could it absorb that that was the finish, mm-hmm. and the match is over. So that suddenly felt all of a sudden, and it felt a bit out of place when it should have slotted in quite nicely. Uh, but from a narrative point of view, I'm not not interested. Mm-hmm. Like, can we do where this led to later on now? Should we do it? You know, like, yeah. The, so Roxanne Perez, on a high, obviously, having won the tag belts with Cora Jade, wants to use her cash in. As we said, the tag, the tag title match was won separately. That's safe. That's yours. Yeah. She's had it. They've, they've followed through with all that, and she gets a shot at Mandy Rose next week. I think, if nothing else, this adds a wrinkle to the um, the drama for next. I don't think Roxanne Perez will defeat Mandy Rose, but I will say this: I quite like that they've won the tag belts to add doubt to that. Yes. This idea that Toxic Attraction are now completely crumble because they've lost all the belts is what you can sell next week's match on. Roxanne Perez is super talented, fairly over, and now has a belt of her own. She's absolutely in a position where you could buy her winning the title. I think they'll have suspense for it. And as a result, I kind of don't mind that they've done the switch here. I think they're doing great stuff with Roxanne Perez. The moment she's arrived... Mm-hmm. They've not no. really gone wrong with it yet. No, no. it's like she feels credible. She feels like the, the baby face that this roster needed for quite a while mm-hmm. to, to properly stop toxic attraction. And obviously they've started that now. And if and when the, the kind of the best mates thing falls apart with Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez, surely her, what like... For what her experience level seems to be in comparison, that'll probably help Cora Jade along, won't it? If yeah, indeed that so. heel turn, as we've kind of forecast, does occur. But yeah, very happy that they switched the tag titles here because, like you say, just opened so many more pro- possibilities up than if they just would have yeah. lost. I didn't. Of... I didn't think they'd go for it. I was quite pleased to see mm. the switch. Uh, we see Bron Breaker arriving and saying, "Yeah, the shoulder's fine." <laughs> uh, and then we cut backstage to the family. Uh, Tony D has been having some issues with the family. And he's there, he's surrounded by uh, the rest of Legado del Fantasma, not including Santos Escobar. Mm. And he says, uh, last week, I had to take care of some business that really broke my heart. But when you're the Don, you've got to make tough decisions. Now, you're probably wondering where Santos is. I was actually thinking, what on earth is Joaquin Wilde wearing? <laughs> but regardless, you see, last night, I handled him. I said I was going to walk out of there with the North American Championship or else, here's your all else. And he reveals he's hospitalized. Mm. (laughs) He doesn't mess about, does he? Kills two dimes or stacks or whatever it was. Now now Santos has been hospitalized. For a guy with connections to organized crime, the type of crime that happens under the radar, if you will, away from prying eyes, he kind of needs to stop broadcasting his crimes on national television <laughs> two weeks in a row. Because uh, that's a murder and that's a manslaughter that he's uh, done in front of cameras. Openly confessed to. <laughs> Openly confessed to the wake. <laughs> Zero interrogation. If the Dawn himself got another guy to take out Santos, that other guy is getting away with it. And Tony D he's put, taking, him, he's put himself on the spot. taking the rap for everything. <laughs> So he says, he calls me on the phone and he laughs. No one laughs at Tony D. And he calms himself down. And he says, switching gears. <laughs> and he says, now that we understand who everybody is working for, the only person that has been putting in the work for the family is Electra. Huh? Increased business at the port by 18%. I want to see that, right? I want to see that he's put Electra Lopez to work on like one of them front desks. Yeah. You know, when you go to a port and there's like a barrier and there's somebody that they get open up and uh, they just say, obviously, like they'll sit in that, that booth all day and they'll raise the barrier, they'll lower the barrier, they'll like do whatever administration needs to take place at the office. 
I want to see a vignette of Electra Lopez doing yeah. that. But, but, and this is the twist, doing a really good job. Like, all the people are coming in going, they're like, it's brilliant having you here, you know, like the old guy. He was you have r- really streamlined this business. <laughs> right. He was such a miserable asshole, the last guy. You come in, we'll, we'll go out next week. You coming? Hey. Hey, Electra's coming on a Steph night out. It's going to be a hoot. And the one thing we have at the night out, no work talk. No shop talk. <laughs> this ain't like one of them barbecues for the Great American Bash. <laughs> no talking shop. And then he turns his attention to the brilliant Cruz Del Toro. What a name. And Joaquin Wilde, what an outfit. <laughs> As for you two clowns, next week I'm giving you one last opportunity to prove your loyalty to this family or you're going to be joining Santos. And he leaves with whoever was left up stacks and two dimes and they say, we've got to call Santos. One more opportunity. I'm already excited for next week. I'm excited for you for next week. Do you know what it occurred to me on this show and I have not thought about this once since then, right? Uh, since before this episode. They are running the same story with two separate characters like, and doing it one fairly close to another. You've got a leader fairly unhappy with members of his stable and it's playing itself out through matches and backstage vignettes. Yeah. This is Mafia Diamond Mine. <laughs> yeah. Just have got like, well, we've got one angle. Well, aye, but like they're the Mafia guys and they're the collegiate athlete guys. Yeah, but it's the same story. Did you know what I mean the first time? Mafia guys, collegiate angle. Yeah, hello. Completely different. If you can't see the difference, nobody has stopped. Like, you know what should happen at the end of this? Like, both the stables completely implode, and then just like Roderick Strong meets Tony D'Angelo, and he's like, I like the cut of your gym. (laughs) Well, I like the cut of your gym. You know when uh, Heidenreich and Snitsky first came together? That should be Roderick Strong and Tony D'Angelo. Like, it doesn't make any sense, but it turns out they've come from the same... And we're about to find out. (laughs) Look around your world, pretty Roddy. (laughs) Hey, uh, hey, Roddy. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> and then Roddy loses all the time. Oh, see, like, when, did, when did Anchorman come out? When did Step Brothers come out? They've got to be catching oh, up to each like other. Early 2000s, yeah, like oh, nearly 20 years ago, yeah. basically. Nearly 20 oh, years ago. God. Oh, Roddy, I see you last again. No problem. Back home, we call that the Italian job. <laughs> uh, right, yes, boy. Yes, boy. It's time for Pretty Deadly uh, to have a vignette uh, slagging off the NXT UK tag champs, Boris yeah. Johnson and his mate. So, wanks what a lot. is NXT UK? Um, talking about Paris being the fashion capital of the world, but Essex is the fashion forward movement place thing. Okay, uh, and they wouldn't be called dead drinking beer. They're gonna they're gonna get those NXT UK tag titles back for themselves in a good old fashioned American beatdown. Roll Tide, yeah! So I like that. I was like, these these boys are all right. So is the current strategy of I'm not going to give credit to Triple H nor. Rankle John Laurinaitis or Rankle Vince McMahon or pretty rank Bruce Pritchard. I'm going to give credit to Nick Khan. Is the current strategy of Nick Khan, who has finally discovered that NXT UK exists, he's finally mm. found the tab on his spreadsheet to look at it and be like, right, oh, I see that we signed a one-year lease on the BT Sport building, the studios building, and I'm not prepared to pay the early repayment. <laughs> Once a month, I want you to go there. And I want you to bring back some wrestlers. Any wrestlers, don't care which ones. Just bring some back. Yeah. Put them in the back of the van. Okay. Okay. Ideally, if you can, can you uh, have some of our guys go over there and win some titles? Because then they can bring the belts back through customs. <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it. Right. Okay. And then what? Well, if we just keep doing that, 
everybody will be in the 2.0 dome and the BT Sports Studio will be empty. And then when the lease runs out, we'll just stop running shows. <laughs> is this like, like an office space where they just think, if we just stop paying him, surely it, you'll start to, they'll just, to realize. They'll just shut it when they'll just be like, I've got, I got, I got a mafia guy that works in this sort of field. He'll be able to shut the building for us. Yeah. Electra Lopez's admin is fantastic. She can move a few things around. Yeah. And, she, and uh, maybe if there's an unfortunate fire that. Um, <laughs> You wouldn't believe it. It was just yesterday we took out fire insurance on the place, <laughs> and now it's boiling to a crisp. How did that happen? What are the chances? Uh, like the, the NXT UK. The wettest miserable country in the world. <laughs> Off the back of about 10 people coming over from the BT Sports Studio to NXT 2.0, the NXT UK tag titles, previously held by Pretty Deadly, will be fought for by Pretty Deadly and a 2.0 team in 2.0. Yeah. I'm suspicious. Yeah. Is this going to be like a full circle thing? Like, will the last two building, last two wrestlers in the building, please turn off the lights? And it turns out it was the first two, and it's Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. Like, <laughs> they walked in there all them years ago, and the last matches, they've just done a split between them two. The last matches between them two, and then the lights go off, and that's it. There's always room for new members of the day, Eddie. <laughs> so, you just, like, Trent goes, uh, like, they fight, and obviously it's NXT, so there's a lot of talking. And it's, uh, it's over, it's over. Goodbye, Tyler. Goodbye, Trent. <laughs> and all three members of British Strong Style turn the lights off. Right, I've got to ask you about the thing that came next. Uh, about the match, but also, more important than that, mm. about Trick Williams' gear. Yes. Let's talk just for a second about how the Great American Bash and these other themed events that we've had, Halloween Havoc, whatever, are an excuse, basically, mm-hmm. for the wrestlers to express themselves beyond the... Uh, horrendous scripting this red white and blue gear was absolutely fantastic here it's just something it's a flash of creativity from these wrestlers it i like 2.0 as a wrestling show more than i do smackdown right and (laughs) and most weeks on raw to be fair we've talked about this before they do sort of try and follow logic and rules it's just the universe is so zany isn't Mm. it is it just me or do they feel even more controlled and penned in by wb than on the main roster yeah like you feel like the thumb is pressed much harder on the foreheads of these wrestlers. So when these special shows come around, they get their gear made and that, you're like, whoa, look at you. Muhammad Ali White. Oh, look at you for just a second being able to have some agency and look what you've done with it. It's like just, it's, I know people think I like going about attire and stuff too much. Like wrestling's about aesthetics as much as anything else. Yeah. It's great when they look great. He looked sensational coming out. Obviously, Wesley dominated for the most part. Uh, Pace. Whenever he was in charge, was was rapid. Mm. Williams always having to slow him down and work him over. Um, they missed some kicks, both of them. Lee drop kicks him into the corner, but uh, Williams gets back up and spins Lee into a power slam for a two. Uh, there was a bit where Trip Williams kept going outside for a little sip of water, a bit of sustenance and what have mm-hmm. you. And then later on, he rolls to the outside and gets a bottle from uh, Carmelo Hayes. He's come out with him and distracts the referee. Williams pours liquid onto his hands... And then dives back into the ring and gets all over Wesley, rubbing it all over his face and his eyes. Suddenly, Wesley is blind. He can't see. uh, And a spinning high kick from Trick Williams gets him the one, two, three. And then at the end, Vic Joseph says, you smell rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Uh, To be honest, right, just for a second, we watch a lot of wrestling. We cover a lot of wrestling here at What Culture, as you know, if you listen to all our podcasts. And I think it's really hard these days to come up with, like, an original prop. So I don't know who thought of rubbing alcohol or where they got the inspiration, but I just love that it was here because it just it's so hard now. Yeah, chairs, tables, double cages, 
There's so much that's just getting used all the time. So I, for one, was <laughs> happy to see rubbing alcohol. I have not thought about rubbing alcohol in all six days. So it's certainly <laughs> nice to have this this new idea introduced on the 2.0. This was a relatively creative finish, I guess. Yeah. Had we not just seen rubbing alcohol in a very prominent spot in another match a week ago. I, this match wasn't any good, but I was really impressed with Wesley's attempts to be there for Trick Williams. Uh, like, it wasn't a carry job, but I thought Trick Williams really had it in flashes and mm. places here. And if you were to watch this back, which I'm sure nobody listening to this ever will, <laughs> Wesley's positioning and his footwork was so key to that. Yeah. He has to, at the moment, like, play the veteran in hiding, effectively. He's got a lot more. He's still young, and he's still, they're going to, you know, put him as this guy that's still got to earn respect off the Giants of the world, like Sanga. But ultimately... <laughs> He's got a lot more experience, it would appear, and he just showed it here for me, even if that's not remotely the narrative. I'm not mm. saying that from a KFA point of view. I just thought he did a lot for Trick Williams here because Trick didn't look like hugely out of his depth. No. We kind of talked like he is in desperate need of the reps, and this wasn't the sort of match where you watched it and thought, oh, God, this was a disaster. He didn't shame himself, nor did he kind of tarnish the cool gimmick that mm. him and uh, Mello have got on this, like, which is such a, a delicate thing, isn't it? Exactly. If you have a, if you botch something or you have a bad match, people kind of go, Ugh, and there's nothing worse for a cool gimmick than that. So to preserve that, I think was something of an achievement. The match wasn't particularly great. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Then we got Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu, which started off backstage because Tiffany was getting her makeup done. And she said, I need a bit more powder. 
And then she was assaulted by the top heel in the promotion, apparently. Wendy Chew came in and told her to shut her eyes and threw stuff in her face. What was this? They brawled through the back in picture in picture. Um, fighting across. <laughs> Sorry. The... Right, we know that there's a certain inspiration behind this Wendy Chew character, albeit a far less... Wendy Chew is a far less subtle interpretation of a similar idea being used on another wrestling show. Can you imagine if in the lauded and beloved Orange Cassidy-Will Ospreay match, Will Ospreay showed with his face or body a sense of frustration mm-hmm. that Orange Cassidy had his hands in his pockets. But he's like, Will's like a super athlete. So he's like, well, I'm just going to do a springboard off the ropes. I'm going to catch you with a cutter anyway. And then Orange Cassidy like pulls his hands out of his pockets. And he's got like a knife <laughs> and a baseball bat in his hands. And he just goes, and just swings with Will Ospreay, cuts him, maims him, breaks his leg with a bat, whatever it is. And he's like... Uh, that Orange Cassidy, he's a tinker. He's a cool, he's so laid back, but you want to watch yourself. In of psychology. Like, look at that cloud. I can see a man with a baseball bat. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, the in-ring psychology. Like, when did you... She's so wacky. Oh, she's just thrown powder in the face and cheap shot at her and screamed in her face. <laughs> Beat her up to the ring. Just... Not even sure the match was officially meant to be next. It was, because she decided it with a yeah. sneak attack. A sneak attack. So that happens in the little picture-in-picture. Picture. And when we get back, they're in the ring. The match has already started. Um, Wendy grabs Tiffany by the hair, but she gets her arm slammed, slammed into the ring post. This would factor into the most of the match. Um, she uh, Stratton does, grabs Wendy's fingers and wraps them around the ropes and slams her into the corner. She wrenches on her arm. She's targeting the arm. Uh, she gets very nearly counted out, you know, four, four five count of just torturing around that ropes and ring post. Um, she rips fake nails off the fingers of Chu, and uh, Chu starts making a comeback. She's selling the arm, though. She uh, fights back, though, and hits a nice urinaki. I thought that looked great. Um, but again, uh, Chu puts her in the sleeper, but Stratton utilizes the injured hand to escape the sleeper. Chu hits her with a, a bonkers-looking brain buster for a great mm. near fall. She hits a suplex, does Chew, uh, goes for a high crossbody and gets it. But in the process of doing that, she hurts her hand again. That allows Stratton time to recover. Drop kick, sh- shotgun drop kick into the corner. And that lovely corkscrew Vader bomb splashed thing that she does for the one, two, three. Yeah, in the time-honored tradition of a heel, um, she overcame adversity and won clean, just like all the best bad guys. Uh, horrendous booking and characterization aside, this is a really good match. Yes, yeah, this so is a fun. really good match. Um, it was like psychologically sound in terms of uh, how well the body part that was worked was then adhered to later on in the match. Kind of as you identified in the play-by-play. I wish so much they had not lumbered a proper dynamic athlete like Tiffany Stratton with this stupid gimmick. Notwithstanding <laughs> your fantastic impression and all the many weeks we've had before yeah. and the many weeks we'll have to come mining fun out of it, she is clearly a breakout babyface pro wrestling champion in waiting, and she is a goddamn spoiled daddy's rich girl because this brand is idiotic. <laughs> like, this was Wendy Chu's best match. Tiffany Stratton's probably, but she's had quite a few like yeah. this, and she's done almost as much in like a shorter time span as well. So I'm not quite as prepared to say that about Stratton because she's had quite a few like this. Um, the connection was really stiff, really solid. The work looked good. The story was decent. The little detail of pulling off the nails like, was like really cruel and her attempt to try and switch what had been the worst possible start to this. How as a heel do you try and get the fans back hating you when you've been jumped, powdered in the face, ambushed, and then kicked to the ring? <laughs> the strategy I was a heel to be like, well, she does one thing, let's say, I don't know, she strangles her on the ropes. 
It's like, yeah, I'm the real villain out of all of this. That's such a hard task. Yeah. And yet she did it. You know, she worked a body part and she just made it look like I'm too strong. Like she basically tried to become a bully yeah. in order to get booed. And, and she managed it. This was a really great match. I wish they'd not made it so much harder for the wrestlers. Mm. Exciting to see what happens with next with Triff, Tiffany Stratton because they're, they're clearly recognizing what she's got now. Absolutely. Um, when she's finished, I, I don't like, I think this gimmick's done. Mm. I think like this toys and powder at the face and all that, they're kind of over the sleeping thing. They've, ex- they've ex- basically extracted as much as they can out of the charm of the gimmick. And then I was just making a kind of an arsehole. Mm. I think this. This might be the end end of this. I don't know how you turn this gimmick heel, but I'm not sure how much is left in this as a babyface run. Tiffany Stratton was excellent. Yeah, you might have a point there. This was when we had the Roxanne Perez Cora Jade interview where she announced she's going to uh, cash in, uh, declare that she yeah, wants a breakout shot, tournament yeah. match for the world title against Mandy Rose next week. A uh, little moment with Bron Break and Cameron Grimes backstage ahead of their main event. And then Apollo Crews comes down to the ring. He gets on the mic. He says, look... His kids were watching him when he was on Raw and SmackDown. They didn't recognize him. That's not him. Um, but they've been watching every week since he's been back in NXT. I haven't seen much of him then. <laughs> um, he's back, though. No, he just knows that because he's seen into the future. Yes. So he, yeah. Everything's changed. Uh, he's been watching everyone around here. He lists off some names. He lifts off your Tony D'Angelo and your Nathan Fraser and people like that. But he's interrupted by a Giovanni Vinci um, who says, why wasn't my name on that list? Uh, actually, I know why not, because you know what would happen if you and I faced each other. I can match you in athleticism, and I can beat you in style. Cruz says, go on then, see if you can prove it. Vinci says, no, 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 we'll do this next week. It's going to be the best match on the show. Yeah, that will be really good. I like Apollo Cruz. I just wish that they, they didn't think of Apollo Cruz, uh, or they didn't think Apollo Cruz could be similar to like CM Punk returned to wrestling for the first time in seven years and name-checking who he'd like to fight in the AW roster. It's just not the same, is no. it? Like, that's what they're trying to get over here, and it's not at all believable. Um, but I do like him. I thought his debut night back on NXT was effective because the promo was kept rel- relatively short and succinct. He wanted to prove a point, and then he did. Mm. Like, that night, at least he backed up his words and had a pretty good match in the process. They have bizarrely NXT 2.0'd him in that time. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like a good match next week will sort of determine what's next for him. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm game for it. I just think that they're putting too much... They think we care more about Apollo Cruz's plight and it's so good to be home, guys, than we actually do. Mm. Nobody really earnestly could care that much about that other than Apollo Cruz himself. Anyway, we'll look forward to that next week and preview it um, on the podcast then. Um, bit of a run of vignettes and videos. Um, Ivy Niles getting asked about the implosion of Diamond Mine. She says, nope, we're just going to see who the best tag team is. And then there's some arguing between Tate and Paxley and Caden Carter that she comes in and separates mm-hmm. and then says, well, you got to get yourself out of those situations, Tate. See you in the gym. And I was like, what's going on? Tag match booked. What's happening? Yep. Uh, Grayson Waller cuts a promo saying the only one thing left to, for him to steal from Carmelo Hayes is that North American championship. Uh, Melo says, we used to be boys. That's over. Trick got his win tonight. Now it's my turn. Uh, there's also another vignette of uh, J.D. McDonough. Um, said his dad is a lot like him, a great man. He said when JD was three, he was told he could do whatever he wants to do in his life, whether it's the army, art, or whatever. <laughs> That's how he became who he is. He's so far ahead of everyone else, he couldn't see them with bloody binoculars. Um, enjoy the Great American Bash because NXT to put O changes forever next week. Bron's getting checked over by the doctor. He refuses any uh, tape and stuff on his shoulder. 
And then we get the North American Championship match. Grayson Waller challenging Carmelo Hayes, who got a hell of an introduction, mm-hmm. courtesy of Trick Williams and a um, Kevin Nash amount of pyro. Oh, man, yeah. Awesome pyro. Again, like awesome gear, awesome look, awesome aesthetic. Whole deal with these two is that they it's their job now to be way beyond the restraints of NXT 2.0, that when a show like this comes around, they've got to present themselves as such, and I just thought this was an absolutely fantastic, but these are stars. Mm. Like, uh, Trick Williams has kind of got a fake it as a wrestler, but he's got all the charisma in the world to be Mellow's hype man, and the two of them are absolute stars. It's, I almost, I don't think this is their ceiling, but I kind of dread the day that they're potentially normalized by something like Monday Night Raw. You know, they come up, yeah, like, this week being a perfect example, right? What if it starts really well and then this time next year they're in like a hot dog eating contest at a party backstage on Raw? Because <laughs> you can't rule that stuff out, can you? No. Nope. And I just, again, it's really hard to get the cool factor back once you've lost it, but they've got it. They've actually got it on what's probably the most uncool show in all of wrestling. <laughs> uh, Carmelo Hayes dominates early on, gets cut off though. Waller hits a baseball slide into a lariat that looked nice. Um, Hayes fights back after we go to a break. Hits a tilt a whirl on Grayson Waller. They start trading submissions. Waller goes for a triangle choke, for example. Um, great spot where there was a running drop kick to Hayes's knee, and then like a flipping unprettier mm. is what I've written down here. That got him a two count. He also got like a pop up cutter slash stunner, basically um, that looked like he had the match won. But Hayes, his wily, sensible. Stylings as, as a champion. He rolls to the outside. So uh, Grayson Waller comes after him. When he's out there, Trick Williams gets in his face. Suddenly out of nowhere, Wesley jumps in and attacks Trick Williams. Um, so Waller does that run-in, pop-up cut thing he does from the outside, which looks great. But Hayes has had sufficient time to recover. Hits him with a code breaker. And that huge guillotine leg drop off the top rope uh, gets Carmelo Hayes the victory and the retention of the North American Championship. Another great match. Um, Carmelo Hayes has more good ones than bad ones. So I think there's been plenty of opportunity over these super shows that they've run to praise him. So I think it's worth giving some earnest praise to Grayson Waller rather than just this kind of ironic, I like it when he takes the piss out of all of this. Mm. He has this, and there was a couple of occasions with the big spots in this match. He's got this thing where he, there's a lot of, you know, you said the flipping on prettier. There's a lot of flipping or inverted or where he like springs the shoulders over in a moment. He looks like he's got springs in his boots. Yeah, That informs a lot of his work. And I wonder why they thought for the longest time, we've got to go with him as this nasty heel. In mm. whatever gimmick he's got, the one constant has been that he's this pain in the arse villain. Because so much of his offense is babyface. Yeah. Is, is, is it like he'll, he'll, even how he hits the ropes, if you look, it's like he's got little springs in the balls of his feet. Because just the way he moves, he kind of, like, he springs, he bounces, he pops. It's all this cool stuff that you love seeing guys do. And it's related to so many. He doesn't just do it for the fun of it. He, he sort of deploys it as part of his offense. So th- that cutter thing he does as well, it's another, like, sort of perfect example of it. He could just drop a guy with a cutter. But instead, he adds this and then a this and then yeah. a this and then a bounce and a boom. And, like, he kind of makes the ring and the surrounding area feel like one of those, you know, those Jump 360 trampoline parks. <laughs> yes. He feels like he's springing off one of them rather than just off a straight floor or an apron. And he doesn't get long often to exhibit all that. Now, like, clearly, he didn't, like, he, passed, he failed the test early on in NXT with the, maybe it was the Gargano run or whatever it was, but just somebody there didn't love him mm. and didn't think he was worth the time that he'd been invested. So he was scaled all the way back. But... 
there was this, and he was in the was it a standard deliver? Like he was in there, he did that crazy oh. elbow drop through the ladder mess on the floor, and he was doing stuff in that match as well. Like when he's given time, I think I'm becoming a bit of a Grayson Waller truther. It's not just the Roman Reigns stuff. I think I'm just starting to like him yeah. full stop. He's, like, got, he's got, got great potential. Maybe that's just the success of his influencer campaign, and I've been, I've been caught out by that. Uh, Mackenzie's backstage with Zion Quinn, who takes the piss out of Apollo Cruz's promo. Mm. I was thinking, when he said, huh, you're rubbish, I'm a multiple-time future world champion. And I was like, hey, you lose all the time. <laughs> well, and if anybody could see that that's not true, it's Apollo Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said, uh, I'm the future of this place, basically. I thought, Really? Mm. Yeah, not for this place. Much longer from the reports I've heard as well. No. <laughs> uh, Ivy's there with the the Cree brothers and Strong and Kemp, and there was a nice sort of awkward tension there between all of uh, uh, all of Diamond Mine. And then uh, Mandy Rose gets asked about Roxy Challenger next week. She said, "Well, Roxy and, and Cora Jade got uh, got lucky tonight. Gigi and JC are going to fix that later. Uh, and when the adrenaline wears off, Roxanne Perez is going to realize she made a big mistake." Neither Roxy nor Cora can beat me. Uh, and that's even if Roxy makes it to the match. Ooh. Maybe Cora Jade's going to take a spot in that title match. Oh, my. Oh my. Just popped in my head. God, yes. That's a hell of a shout. And then she loses, and NXT management is like, well, that was your shot. Yeah. Roxanne, I'm sorry. That that was yours. We can't just gift you another. Oh, my. God. Just come, come, pops into my head. Uh, right, highlight of the show came next. It's time to go to chase you. <laughs> Andre Chase is uh, teaching some class. He's, uh, he's talking about Independence Day, of course. But bloody Bodie Hayward, <laughs> he cannot keep up. He cannot stay awake because because of his roommate who doesn't seem to sleep, Thea Hale. They watch Money in the Bank, Michael Hamlet, 50 times. I haven't done the maths on That's that. That's 49 times too many. I've done the maths. I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's nearly 50 times too many. Three hours, let's do some quick maths. Three hours. Yeah. We're, we're, this is every day's a school day, even when you're at Chase you. 50 hours, sorry, 50 times, yeah? Yeah, that's what so they said. 50 times three, is that right? Yeah. 150. 150 hours. Uh, 24. Is it even physically possible? Times three is 72 hours. Unless they've, well, they've had to watch it 50 times, which means, like everybody else at this point, they're watching WWE on double speed. <laughs> that was the revelation I wanted to arrive at. 72, it's not quite doubled, but it's nearly doubled as 150. If you skim out some of the commercial, which I imagine to be fair to them at some point, they would have been doing. Yeah. They've watched money. I believe them. They've just watched it on double speed each time. I bet they started skipping entrances like you do. I was yeah. just like, I can't. Like, what do Once they expect? you've seen it 30 times. What do they expect out of me? I would question as well the um, curriculum at Chase University if enough time has been freed up to watch premium live events 50 times. Me and you are staunch defenders, broadly speaking, of premium live events. Mm. Maybe, maybe the only reason they watched it 50 times is because we couldn't do the Money in the Bank stream. <laughs> Normally they would stick a watch along on, but they've just, just had to go and watch just, that instead. Just don't put it on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Saturday, they had an extra day. That's how they've got it done. They're still not out of time. The hours still, it still doesn't work out. Um, so anyway, that's not the point where we're going to focus <laughs> on here because Andre Chase says, thanks, Thea. Do you know what? It's lovely to see people making friends. And then Chad puts his hand up. Bloody Chad. It's Chad. It's too bad. Chad puts his hand in the air 
And he's got a question about the Declaration of Independence and John Adams and saying the dates were wrong and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And Andre Chase says, Who the f*** do you think you even are, Chad? You come here talking about John Adams? Who the f*** did John Adams ever (laughs) be? Don't tell me about this birth of this f***ing country. (laughs) I am America, baby. Get the hell out of my classroom and don't you ever come back. So not only effing and jeffing, instantly funny, obviously. Get out, Chad. Get out of my classroom and never come back. That's how it goes and chase you. It's quite the discipline procedure. How many people are in that class at this point? I don't know what I like most, but I think it's who the flip did John Adams ever be? Or I am America, baby, because it's dangerously (laughs) close to chicks in America. Yeah, that is good. I'm America. Chase University, when you see it, they're all in that one classroom, right? But I want to imagine that Chase University is an entire academic institution. But at this point, there's like six people in the whole university. They've got the run of the halls. Andre, you can't keep sacking people from the course. We've only got six people left. You know how much this building costs to heat? You know, we've had to to align with the mafia (laughs) to pay the bills at this point. This building is mafia controlled. Well, they've clearly got some cash uh, left because Thea Hale suggests, (laughs) she start talking about England or something, a, a field trip to England... Uh, it's the great. I'd make this the entire episode of NXT 2.0 if I was in charge. <laughs> Chase University goes to England. It's well, again, it's yet another um, uh, a smash and grab, isn't it? From Nick Carton, he's going to send over all of Chase U. He's going to put a red jumper on Tyler Bate or somebody, and then just bring him back. <laughs> like another one comes back with the U shirt on. Anybody else on the plane? No, no, no just Chase U. Chase U. Yeah. The numbers seem to be different. No, 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 no. just miss Cameron. They'll just sack some more students when they're out there. <laughs> Johnny Sin. <laughs> 112 years old. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, then it was tag team title match again, this time on the men's side of things. Uh, it was Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp versus the Creed brothers. This was a lot of fun. This was hard-hitting, as always, from uh, the Creeds. Um, immediately, Brutus just runs Roderick Strong over to start the match. Julius comes in and goes back and forth a bit with, uh, with Kemp. Uh, takes him into the corner, hands him off to Brutus for a fireman's carry slam into the corner. Um at one point, Kemp got sent outside the ring. Strong gets angry with him, chucks him back in. He immediately got chucked out to the other side of the ring, and Brutus did that mad cannon, well, it's <laughs> not even a cannon, wrecking ball is, yeah, sort wrecking, of thing that wrecking he Wrecking ball! Uh, which is just great, but as Cedric pointed out at the moment he did it, yeah, he's, he's going to hurt someone or himself at some point doing it's this. It's inevitable, yeah. Yeah, um... We come back from the break, though. Strong is in control, taking on Julius. Brutus comes back in, cleans house. Strong runs over and slaps Julius on the apron to the old distraction. That allows Strong to hit that jumping knee to the face that he does so well. Brings in Kemp. He hits a slingshot spear. Brutus fights out and Vax gets over to uh, Julius to come in and clean house again. He hits Kemp with a slam. Sliding Lariat. One, two, three. The Creed brothers retain. And there's even a nice moment of sportsmanship between Kemp and the Creed brothers afterwards. But still, Roderick Strong is seething. Yeah, he, um, you know, they did their best with the post-match stuff where you've got Roderick Strong really angry and how you stand everyone in the ring and make him look distanced from the rest of the group and all that. This was um, this was good enough. I like this match, I did. But I don't think it was anywhere near as exciting as they imagined it would be. And I have to say, I think it's because nobody really uh, is as convincing in the roles they're being asked to play Mm. here. This group that is falling apart at the seams, the Creed brothers are just better at brainless physical violence (laughs) than they are trying to sell the drama of Mm. getting their boss back on side. Damon Kemp 
was just out there to be a bit of a punching bag and a bit of a warm body, but he also has required a sort of show the heft of Diamond Mine falling apart. And I do love Roddy Strong. And whenever you get flashes in these matches of the guy that he is, you realise that there's just this phenomenal professional wrestler under there. But I don't think he's best placed as the... This was the worst case of it. Best placed as the pissed-off leader. No, I You know, like, fair. remember when there was, ever, there was ever tension in the Undisputed Era and Adam Cole could do it? Because he's a stable leader. Some guys are and some yeah. guys aren't. And I, I just... For all that Roderick Strong is, he isn't this. Mm. And I just thought every wrestler in this match, as good as some of the work was... We're kind of forced to try really hard with this Amdram, and it took away from it a little bit for me. But the match was good. Uh, I just, I think I'm ready for this to be fit, aren't you? I'm yeah, I'm this. done with it now. I'm kind of not asked at this point about this split and divide and all the rest of it. So like, get to the point. <laughs> uh, we got a, a return next uh, the return of the SmackDown hacker. Sorry, no. Um, <laughs> There was someone doing, uh, well, this is more on the whiteboard, I suppose, than more than digital stuff that we got the SmackDown hacker. Mm. He's writing all equations and code on the board mm. and says, I was a bright child, but I got bullied, so I learned how to fight back. I had a gift for math. math. I'd see numbers and equations when I closed my eyes at night. Then disqualified for kicking too much math. Such a loser, seeing math. <laughs> Oh, you should be, especially on this show, the last thing you should be seeing, you should shut your eyes, is equations. You know. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, uh, he says there's a solution. I was trying to think of equation, masturbation. I couldn't, I, I couldn't get that answer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there's a solution to every problem, he says. Isn't there a funny maths word that sounds a bit like an erection or like a boner? I cannot remember. Leave that with me. Okay. Uh, he says it all comes down to an equation and the mind can push you to new heights. He is. Axiom. He used to be a kid, didn't he? That's he a certainly kid. did. Axiom. <laughs> he was called a kid, and they've barely got to be in the phone book before they've given him his new name. What's uh, Axiom even mean? Aardvark, uh, Antelope, uh, Aberdeen. And just keep going and keep going and keep going. Axiom? Yeah, I do. That's fine. No point getting to be. It's good. I tell you what. He's got a tag team partner here. Three, actually. Don't know. He's got two others. Is this one of his and- tag team partners? Idiom. An axiom, postulate, or assumption is a statement that is taken to be true. They sound like cast-out members of... (laughs) (laughs) I'm T-Bar, that's Mace, and that girl over there, don't mess with him, that's postulate. (laughs) (laughs) I found the funny maths word I was thinking of, but it was wrong in my head. The word is uh, vinculum, which is from the Latin meaning to bond or link, it's to bond in numbers. But I thought, I think in my head, I thought it was like vilnicum. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> come at the end. Also found out that his, uh, Axiom is located in Stockton-on-Tees. Good axiom. to know, isn't it? Axiom? Yeah. Is that a nightclub? Uh, Engineering Associates. Okay, right. It's like that. got to be a nightclub. Google that, nightclub. Do you know what the side of an isosceles triangle is called? What's that? I'll let you read it. It's, uh, it's, uh, l- Egg! <laughs> Oh, there was an axiom. Axiom? Not, hang on, wait a second. There might be one in Houston. Oh, yeah. What, did the you axiom, Google Axiom Nightclub? Axiom Nightclub is a place in in in, uh, in Houston, Texas. We could have gone. Texas. Maybe that's why I know it. Maybe Damn we it. pop there. Maybe we just hopped across the probably, I don't know, four hours it is between Houston and Dallas or something to go to. Yeah, it's just around the corner, isn't it? Uh, anyway, 
Right, um, time for Von Wagner to talk. Oh, good. Um, he's there. He's, Sophia Cromwell's talking for him. Robert Strong, Robert, uh, Roderick Strong, I was about to call him then. Robert Stone is, call, is talking mm -hmm. for him. He's furious that Von's not on the card. Sophia blames the fans for booing him. Solo Sokoa walks in and says, like, why are you talking like this? <laughs> Do you think someone owes you? And Von says, I'll talk for myself, actually. And I was like, oh, good. <sighs> and he says, i got more heart than you. Take your breath, shot. And then uh, the uh, officials come in to separate them. Yeah, this was really bad. Sidrick, um, I can't remember if we were on the microphone or not, but he alluded to the fact this might have been a, um, a gentle sort of homage to Destruction Crew, which was an old pre-Beverly Brothers, Beverly Brothers promo for the AWA, uh, of which, of course, one of them is Von's dad. So maybe that was a nice touch, but this was fake and rubbish and lame, and it created an instant next week on TV match that I do not want to watch. So it's kind of zeros across the board for me. <laughs> Solo, you say you got next, but I've got hard. <laughs> Main event time. And come Tuesday. <laughs> Von Wagner, how do you normally have a come Tuesday? Solo. Now I know that's how you're fighting. Right, main event time. NXT he always champion. gets back to wanking in the end. On yeah, this NXT <laughs> on the line Bron Breaker against the Great American Splash Kim <laughs> <laughs> <Came> again <laughs> Woody Woodpecker uh, so Grimes because he's smart yeah. goes for the arm mm -hmm. goes for the injured shoulder uh, targets it from the word go um, do you know how I knew that it wasn't because I was watching him physically targeting it it was because when they pulled apart Bron Breaker shouted as loud as he could gonna go for my shoulder huh <laughs> Because I was what was tell him, what bro. I was watching was the physical act of two men, and I was too stupid to assert from that that by targeting the shoulder, Cameron Grimes was targeting the shoulder. <laughs> Luckily, Bron Breaker, because he clued me up, the viewer at home, into figuring out what Cameron Grimes' evil scheme was. Bron Breaker was listening to the Five Star Review review yesterday, <laughs> where Shelley's like, "I was saying my badge hurts." <laughs> Just to clarify for those, go for shoulder, huh? So anyway, we go to a break, we come back, Breaker's hitting a suplex, gets sent out to the floor, dive from Grimes. Grimes hits a kick to the arm, starts cranking on it. Uh, he's in control, but uh, Breaker fires back with an on Anderson-esque spine buster. Shoulder tackles, Grimes is bumping all over the place. Um, and then out of nowhere, Grimes pulls off that excellent one-man Spanish fly. Uh, that gets a fantastic near fall. Um, Breaker kicks out at two and a half. They go to trade near falls. Breaker uses a super Frankensteiner, catching him up top. Uh, Grimes hits a tilt world, transitions into like an octopus hold at that point. Breaker manages to just power out, but Grimes hits him with a cave in. One, two, Brom Breaker kicks uh. out. I thought for a split second, maybe, just maybe. Uh, and then Grimes goes up on the top rope or middle rope, actually. And I thought, well, I know where this is going. <laughs> goes there, the cave in, gets nailed midair by Brom Breaker with a huge spear. One, two, three. Despite the injury, Brom Breaker retains the NXT championship. And he walks out holding his title in the air. And they even did the little, what's it called, signature? Yeah, oh, the little time copyright gimmick in the corner. Yeah, yeah. did that. Lower third? That sounds yeah. about right. And then suddenly he's jumped from behind by J.D. McDonough, the foreman Jordan Devlin, who, as we've said, we've seen vignettes for in recent weeks, um, clobbers him from behind, picks up Breaker, slams him through a table that's got all yams and hams mm. and other 
I don't know, American, American jams. Yeah, exactly. Jams, hams, and American jams. Stands over him, tells him that he should have been listening. He's who's been he's been talking about. Stands tall, says he's the necessary evil. Oh my god! Because when I was sat in there going, oh, all right, Bron Breaker's meeting Cameron Grimes now. What's next? There's nothing. There's now left. They've done this, and suddenly I'm 100 percent invested. Yeah, they kind of they kind of did something here. Um, I, I I I don't know. I wish Jordan Davenant wasn't on the show, but he is, and we're stuck with him. Uh, I'm going to give credit to NXT here a little bit in a way that I would typically a lot to AEW because I really do think they put the thought in here. JD McDonough's promo where he said. Uh, enjoy the Great American Bash because as soon as it's finished next week, I'm going to be here. Bit of foreshadowing because mm-hmm. what followed that vignette, if I'm not mistaken, was the update on Bron Breaker's shoulder, mm-hmm. was it not? Like, I think that was how that how they were sequenced. They sequenced those two things together to just pepper in that little clue that he was uh, a clear and present danger to Bron Breaker. And I thought that was nice because that, again, like they're kind of telling you what they're going to do without telling you, and then you get that little sort of, oh, I should have seen that coming. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's wise, he's smart at this, and he's a heel, so he's kind of gamed the system a little bit, and you, he's allowed you to think, I'm going to be there next week, so why would Bron Breaker worry? Bron Breaker doesn't look an idiot for walking to the back with his arm held aloft and yeah. like having his back to the end. Why would he be expecting anybody? Even if he was switched on and worried or concerned about the prospect of J.D. McDonough, he's been led to believe, that's a next week problem. Mm. I'll just get through Cameron Grimes tonight. So I quite like that. I thought that was quite a neat way to subvert your expectations for this new debutant. And as you say, as your brain is going, well, who next, who next? Well, I guess that's a next week problem. Oh, who's next is here right now? So I thought they did their best to... He's not for me, but if he is for you, I think they did their very best yeah. at getting you into this. And, and the, the table bump was fairly spectacular. It well, was, yeah, spe- special. That one just exploded everywhere. Thoughts on the main event? It was all right. I wasn't as high, I don't think, as you were on the cave-in as a near fall. And pre- a match like that pretty much has to work for that and that alone, yeah. doesn't it? Like, they've got to... I, look, it was, there was some Hope really... Hope more than expectation, as I've been saying this entire time. Yeah, it, like, there was some really, really, like, well-executed stuff and some really lovely exchanges. Cameron Grimes had a really good night and Bron Breaker didn't have a bad one because what I would complain all the time with this Breaker formula is why are you dragging nearly 15 out of him when you should only be going for five? But it never got boring, and it never felt like Breaker was on the cell for too long. So they timed the comebacks, and the execution of those comebacks really well. Mm. And something like the Spanish Fly was a perfect stop dead in your tracks moment as well. It's like, ah, here comes Breaker's sequence. It needs to be something big and out of nowhere and something that Breaker couldn't account for to put Grimes Mm -hmm. back in control. So there was elements of it that I really liked. I just, I never, never really bought Grimes as a a potential winner. Uh, The only sort of takeaway, I guess, from this was what wasn't on the show but what happened digitally afterwards? It mm. feels like should we cover that, or has that got to be a next week thing? I think we can briefly mention this. Well, Cameron Grimes is a fiend now, isn't he? <laughs> he's uh, he's found himself, we would assume, in the crosshairs of Joe Gacy. He was backstage, I don't want to talk right now. So the interviewer leaves, and then his locker room lights flicker, and he looks very confused at the spooky happenings. Uh, they're giving you what you want. Cameron Grimes, Inofi, and Malik Blade versus... Joe Gacy. The D-Edge. Oh, my God. Again, for the NXT first ever trios titles. <laughs> Who's it going to be? I just don't know. Better not be the D-Edge. I want... To be, we've said this Well, so actually, much, I do want them to win... T- I want them to win tag titles since they arrived as grizzled young veterans. The high banter of any WWE brand introducing trios belts at this point. 
the highest banter, the absolute elite. That's God tier banter. Elite tier banter is doing it, doing it on 2.0 and giving them to Juggies in the D-Eds. Yeah. Right. You can keep your elite. You've got the D-Eds. I had a lot of fun with this show. It was all right. It was all right. But it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the wacky show that I'm used to. But that was okay because I saw, 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 saw some of the events on this show and some of the matches and some of the spots on this. And that gear from Truett Williams is going to stay with me for a long while. Basically, it's like these specials that come around. They're the, they're the, they're the show, and that's mm. what the show is all about. The rest of it is the silliness. So it's like four for the cummy, one for the show. That's the cycle <laughs> of NXT specials. Yeah, back to normal next week. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts uh, on NXT 2.0, on the Green American Bayish. Uh, on, on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, our preview of AW Dynamite is available right now. And a little bit later on today, me, Hamflet, and Murray will be looking ahead what needs to happen at SummerSlam. But for now, this has been the NXT 2.0 review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.